DJ Playboy. What's good, Josh? Your man, DJ Playboy, back with another episode of the Perfect Talk Podcast. And I like to do no episode without my dog, my man, my partner. We are back in business like EPMD. Girl, like I'm Keith. What it do, Reggie? Dun, 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 dun. What it is, my nigga, holla at your boy right now. Up. What's good, man? Yeah, Olympics. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. I see I see what you're doing right there. I thought that was like the Brit- some British shit or something like that. I was like the Royals, okay. Yeah. It might have been, man. I be, I be messing, up and messing up melodies and everything. I know, I know. You been paying attention to the Olympic Games? Hell no. <laughs> Me neither. Hell, <laughs> I'll be honest with you, man. Hell no. Just the scandal that came out of it. The the cardboard beds. So people don't smash. Mm-hmm. Um, Simone Biles stepping away from the competition momentarily. Are we going to talk uh, about that? Uh, yeah, man. Mm-hmm. I, I, but like the, the sport, like... I'll be honest, nah, man. The only, you know, it's funny. The only reason I I learned that the men's basketball won gold is because I saw a meme that something like thirty years ago, about thirty thirty something years ago, Javale McGee's mom won gold mm. at the Olympics, and you know now he's won gold, and I'm like, yeah, I, I, that's how I learned. Like, I learned that the the men's basketball team won gold because JaVale McGee of all people <laughs> is a gold medalist I think the, re- the only reason like that's the only thing I did take away from the Olympics I'm like the niggas that's on the um the men's basketball team I'm like these niggas don't even make all-star games how are they <laughs> representing the country you know what I'm saying and I'm just like yeah. uh because I've seen like Zach Levine and I'm like I'm, he ain't even an all-star like how does that <laughs> how does that go down but then you know like Bradley Beal you know caught COVID or whatever and you know they had alternatives and shit like that but I'm like yo that's not, like and and like you just said we get most of our news through memes and uh, yep. and headlines, so it's just like yeah, I, that's how I've been keeping up with anything in the Olympics. Um, how's everything else going on, man? Like since we spoken to you last, you know, what I mean, had DJ show um a couple episodes again ago, and then you came back last episode, and we spoke about like just I think we spoke about home ownership, right? Like you becoming a homeowner now. Um, how has that process been? You know, like what are you now a month in, maybe a couple weeks in? About yeah, about a month in, and uh, I mean it's it's very different, man. I. I, I said it once, twice, and I say it again, man. I I loved renting, right? And people, <laughs> a lot of people talk about renting as if it's the the craziest thing in the world. And I get it, equity and all that type of stuff. People say, oh, well, buying a crib is cheaper because how much you pay for rent? Uh, Two twenty five hundred. Oh, you could put, you know, two hundred dollars more into a house, and it doesn't work that way because my apartment didn't have grass. I gotta cut. I didn't have to buy all these tools. Like, now I got a tool collection. I never had that shit. All I had, <laughs> I had one power drill I got for $30. And I had, like, a few screwdrivers. Like, that's all I had. Now I got to buy all this weird shit. I bought a um a pole saw. I bought, uh, I got a hedge, uh, a power hedge clipper, uh, a leaf blower. That shit ain't cheap. That And those, I don't got to buy it when I'm in an apartment. Mm-hmm. So, uh so you asked me how it's going. It's going pretty good. With all that said, uh, <laughs> I'm, fine, I'm, I'm fine in my space. You know what I'm saying? I got my little nook. I got my TV up. The, the way I sit down and watch shit. And uh, but I would say that that it, it's very different. It's not how I imagine it. But it's not all bad. It's just that it's hard work. Yeah. And more work. More work than I thought. Because I can't call a super to complain about shit. It's like I'm the one who got to fix it. Or I got to shell out five hundred dollars to fix some stupid. Leaky faucet, or, or, you know. So I gotta learn how to do shit. Thank God for YouTube, though. 
The uh, best term I heard it was came from a preacher that I was listening to. I like to watch, you know, like church on on online. Um, and it was mm-hmm. a, a preacher that I watched, um, Eric Thomas, and he said, um, stewardship. Basically, you know, we, we we pray for the blessing, but then we have to steward over it now. You know what I mean? And, and we were talking offline. I'm going through it myself with um, having my daughter uh, full time. It, it it was like something that I you know I couldn't wait to do. It was a goal of mine for this year. And then now that I'm doing it, it's like some hard work. <laughs> you know what I mean it's real but it's just like but that's what that's what comes with it you know what I mean you gotta you got you get a great thing in life you gotta do you gotta mow the lawn now right you know what I mean so you gotta fix the repairs you can't you you calling somebody they're like nigga I got problems in my own house you calling me for like you know what I mean so it's just like um now you gotta take your head on but that's life man I think that's a that's an awesome thing in life that's something that I may have avoided in past years is like knowing that a new uh, change is going to come with a certain level of responsibility. Maybe avoiding that that change, and now it's just it's 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 just a new skill. It's just a new part of life. You know, what I mean, you're going to make it work. It, it's got to have some advantages, or people wouldn't do it, right? So, um, it's got to be you got to you got to roll with the punches and now adjust. And this whole summer's been an adjustment for me. You know, like new job, new living situation. Like everything has been an adjustment for me. But it's just like you got to pay rent. You know, the, the, the bills don't stop. The, the, you know what I mean? The, the, the thing, and nothing stops cause you're having a bad month or you're going through a, a, a mental health day or something like that. You know what I mean? So you got to be able to be like, yo, I, this isn't what I expected, but now, you know what I mean? Let's, let's make it happen. Or this. So it's, it's, it's been a summer of that. That's been a, it's been like a, a, a really like growth summer for me, you know what I mean? Mentally. Yeah. I guess mm-hmm. that's what, that's what that, you know, people talk about that, that adulthood piece, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, making something then having to to watch over it and as you get older you make more stuff that takes more care you know like a, i guess the quintessential one is a, is just having a kid mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying i i be honest i never felt like an you know people be like yeah man when was the first time you felt like a man and when did you realize you was a man and you know i can't point to like 21 22 25 i probably you know i got a kid in a in a in a, in a house in the same year and i mm-hmm. think <laughs> I think finally I I feel like it because before I felt more free. Probably when I got married because then that's that's another moment. I, I guess that's manhood, feeling less free. I was gonna say, is that how you define? Is that how you define manhood? <laughs> Losing your freedom slowly. I, I didn't, if, you, if you asked me, I wouldn't. But now that I'm talking about it, because I mean, <laughs> that's manhood, y'all. That's just being confined to to a certain. <laughs> Having your hands tied a little bit. Yeah, good thing you didn't go to prison ten years ago. You didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I became a man. I became y'all. a man. <laughs> right to pass. Charles made me a man. <laughs> That's interesting. You say that though. I think it's 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 may not, it might not necessarily be losing your freedoms. It's being at peace with knowing your freedoms are, are have now gone. You know what I mean? Because that, that's something that I still struggle with. My kid's turning seven this year. <laughs> and it's like, you know, for the better part of a decade, I have been a parent and it's still, my mind goes to that single Chris mode sometimes. And I'm like, mm, I'm going to have to find someone to watch her. <laughs> You're going to have, you know, <laughs> and it's just like, there's a whole nother level of uh, responsibility. Even like stuff you have to remember, like, um, this summer she's been in a summer program, which has been awesome because it's been like a test run for school in the fall. Um, and is which well, she, she's going to school, but obviously after the, the pandemic, it was about a year and a half not doing that routine anymore. So um, it's been a good like little test run to get back into that and just stuff like oh they go swimming on they were going swimming on Wednesdays then they ch- switch it up they go swimming on Monday and Wednesday. So you know she only has a couple of bathing suits. I don't have a pool. I don't, I don't really take her swimming much, so I had to like you know buy bathing suits. But now I got to make sure them bathing suits is clean on the days that she needs them. You know. What I mean? 
me? And it's like that. I don't say so my mind. I'm like, I don't want to have to care about shit like that. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? I wish like, I guess and this is why I should have got a wife before I had a kid. Right. <laughs> but, um, it's like, I have to, I, if I don't, she, she can't go to school in some moldy, smelly bathing suit. You know what I mean? She can't go to, or sorry, camp in a, in a moldy smelling baby suit. She can't go, you know what I mean? And, and she can't, I can't be like, nah, you can't go swimming today because daddy forgot to wash it. You know what I mean? So like certain, that level of responsibility is like, it exists and I could bitch and moan about it, but it's like, nigga, just do the laundry. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> just get it, get the shit done. Cause she don't want to hear that excuse. You know what I mean? It's just going to be disappointment for her. Um, yeah, man. And also, I heard a good thing, like, um, just on the level of having kids. Sometimes letting your kids deal with disappointments is part of, like, that growth of knowing, like, they're going to have to deal with disappointments. Like, I think they called me one day and they switched up the swimming day, but they were very, they, they were terrible at passing on messages to parents. They were probably telling the kids to go home and my kid had a busy weekend and totally forgot to tell me that the swimming day has changed. Um, and they called me like, yo, would you be able to bring us something? And I'm like, at work, I already had to leave, like, the day before for something else. And I was like, I don't really think I can. And they were like, don't worry. You know, she won't be the only one that's not swimming. And I kind of was like, you know what? Maybe it's good for her to be disappointed sometimes. It's a good lesson to, you know what I mean? Like, as much as you want to shelter your kids from that, you can't shelter them from everything. And we com- we, we we mentioned how much society today, they, these kids break down over over everything. They're a little too emo. Um, they let shit shut them down that we would have to just, you know, deal with throughout, whether our day was hard or not. You know, we'd have to get through these emotions and not, you know, everybody says, but back in my day. But, <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, it is what it is. But I don't, want, I don't want my daughter to be able to deal with disappointment and not break down and not be able to not, not know how to express herself when things don't go her way. You know what I mean? So I think that was actually a valuable lesson, too, to learn. Like, I can't be Superman every time for her. And even if I can, sometimes it's good for me not to. Yeah, I guess coach coach some uh, resilience into her. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yep. But uh, we'll get right into it, man. It's been a, a great week for hip-hop. Um, not only have we got a new album from Nas. Did the Kanye album even drop? I, don't, I think it was supposed to, <laughs> but it still has not um, last time I checked. Um, Donda, but even and I think the biggest story in hip hop news this week was the battle between Locks, the Locks, and uh, Dipset, you know, the diplomats of uh, of Harlem. You know, um, it was very uh, anticipated. Um, I actually forgot to watch it. Like you know, I think the marketing sometimes for verses. If I don't go on social media that day, I'm not gonna come across it. You know what I mean? And that's it. Yeah, it, yeah. it was something that was built on social media. But I knew that I knew it was coming. I knew it was getting close. And then definitely like the day after, I could I went back. I was like on social media and I'm seeing all these memes and posts. And I'm like, oh shit, was it last night? Did I miss it? So I watched it on YouTube. Um, did you get to catch catch it at all? The verses? I only got to catch pieces. Okay, you know, baby stuff. But uh. I I saw Jewel's going hard. Like, well, first you you got the text for me. Mm-hmm. First thing I, I, I uh, that was remarkable to me is that Jewel's his face is older, but his outfit was seems like it was preserved. You know them fossils they be finding <laughs> in like some sap. It'd be like an old mosquito, like a six foot long mosquito, but it's locked up into some like like a little glass ball or something. Mm-hmm. That's what it was like. He, they preserved this motherfucker because I. I don't know where he got a brand new Averex or whatever that shit was with a bunch of patches on it <laughs> and some big ass pants looking fresh, fresh off of the cover of the source. It was crazy. <laughs> Definitely Joel's. And that was funny. Like, um, I watched, I ended up watching it uh, the next day. Uh, Spec, you know, our homeboy Spec came by and we was chilling and uh, we watched it. And, um, I remember telling him when I was picking up my daughter from the bus stop that day, there's like an older grandma that, you know, like she's like a, 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 a African-American lady. Um, and she hit me like the first thing she seen when she seen me, like, you know, because um, 
I, you know, my kids and her kids talk or whatever, and so I've, I've interacted with her kids. And um, first thing she said when she seen me, she was like, "Yo, you see that versus last night?" And and I was like, the first thing out her mouth was like, "Joelle's outfit was SMH." Like she's just like, I'm like, "Yo, first of all, I was like, this grandma is mad, like hip <laughs> to the shit going on." But then I had to remember like the locks and dip set ain't really current. So I was like, I guess it kind of makes sense that I'm thinking about her age group, <laughs> and it's just like, but um, she was very hyped does about. Does that it. make you? Does that make you realize how old you are? Um, I've, I've, I think just in general, I've come to the realization of how old I am. You know what I'm saying? Like in terms of, um, yeah, things like this, where it's like culturally, I'm excited about locks dip set. But if I have, you know, friends in their twenties and stuff like that, that aren't as excited because they don't culturally, it doesn't mean the same thing to them. You know what I mean? Uh, to yeah. me, this is like the music I listen to sitting on buses and trains and got me through the ride and everything. You know what I'm saying? Um, yeah. and then, but to, to them, it's not going to have the same, the same thing, but, um, to, not to switch gears, but to what really makes me feel old is actually being comfortable with ev- all parts of me, if that makes sense. You know what I mean? Like being like, I don't have to hide certain parts of me or be ashamed of certain parts of me or put on fronts. It's just like, um, I was called goofy this week by two different females, but loving, like they, they use it as a, a compliment or one of my attributes, I should say. And I'm just like, yeah, you know what? I'm kind of goofy. I like to, you know what I mean? I like to have fun. And I like, but in my twenties, I'd be like, no, I ain't goofy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know yeah, that's hilarious. Cause you know, I was, that's the first thing that ran through my mind because <laughs> you know, that picture of Wood Harris pulling out a pistol from uh, above the rim. Yeah. Yeah, like that's how I fit, used to feel when uh, people would be like, "Oh, you goofy! Oh, you stupid!" <laughs> but in a good way. But I'd be like, "Nah, bitch, I, I got pistols. I got, what? I will go purchase a pistol right now to show you who goofy." Yeah, but like, but I really, but I was trying to be somebody, or I wanted to be somebody who I, who I really wasn't. It took me a while to be comfortable and just that. Yeah, I'm pretty. I am pretty goofy. As we as we talk on the sphere of the locks and Dipset, now I I know you listen to a lot of Dipset. I'm not sure how much locks um, that you listen to more Dipset than locks. Yeah, yeah, definitely more Dipset than locks. Um, I listened to both. I was I probably like had the locks first album and everything. Um, on Bad Boy and everything they put out a lot of Rough Rider projects that they were on. Um, I wonder how much hip hop played a part in just our community, young black men from the inner cities growing up, you know, in the 90s and the, in the early 2000s, going to high school and, and junior high school, how much that like gave us this false sense of identity. Like, you know what I mean? Like even with dealing with relationships as current as like my, my, my last relationship, you know, some of the thoughts that ran through my mind were very hip hop <laughs> related, if it makes sense. Like, I can't, ex- I don't know how to, I'm trying to think how I could put it into terms, but it's like, you kind of like try to like, like hide your emotions, right? Because nobody, they've never, Song Cry was the first song I ever heard where niggas just bitching about us, you know what I mean? Other than a song, LL Cool J song, you know what I'm saying? I need yeah. love. It was like, and look at the gap between I need love and, um, you know what I mean? Like, uh, or, or the song that LL Cool J had with Boys to Men or whatever, Hey Lover, compared to when Song Cry came out. And Song Cry was like, literally like, I'm sad over a chick I broke up with, you know what I mean? Like that was right, big. Right, that right. was that was it wasn't until like close to college that okay, like we can embrace um kind of our emotions. Jay-Z on Lost Ones talking about how he thinks he has to break up with Beyonce because she loves music more than she loves him. But you know, he's not even trying to be cool. He's like, I'm literally jealous of her love for her career. <laughs> you know mm-hmm. what I mean? And that's you know, that's really that's opening up. That's that's coming to terms with things. Like he'll talk about shooting his brother and he'll talk about selling drugs to, you know, his parents, his mom or whatever, but it's like he won't talk about, you know, like that type of stuff. And it was like until late in his career. And I wonder how much of an effect that had on us with really being cause cause 
shit motherfuckers like bitches like as much as hip-hop might try to make it seem like females are just something that are there for you to uh, you know, for your sexual pleasure and when you want them and when you need them and and you have an abundance of them at your beck and call the niggas making them same bars have a chick that they probably be destroyed if she left them you know what i'm saying and in, in, in their real life but that's not what was portrayed and luckily you know what i'm saying i didn't take on the oh i need to sell you know, tons of drugs to be successful or I need to, you know what I mean, uh, be a violent person to get respect in, in my daily life. I didn't take on that aspect of hip hop because that seemed ridiculous, but some of the misogynist stuff I definitely did take on. Yeah, I would agree with that. And, uh, and to be honest with you, even though I didn't sell, I never sold drugs and I never uh, took on that, that, that violent persona, I said, I, I, I'll question, I was like, should I? I did. I did. I did. So, so it's kind of like when you're looking through the college pamphlet or the career, they give you the career quiz. And I'm like, maybe I should take a quiz on this shit because maybe I might want to try the violent thing. While, while, the, while sitting, in, uh, sitting in Bio 101, you just pondering about <laughs> move, moving some weight. Just that shit. <laughs> so, well, maybe I should stop with this, uh, all these cells and then uh, fucking cellular walls and shit. But yeah, man, to, to your question, I think so. And to be honest with you, I used to deny it when I was younger. I was like, man, if the dude put music out and somebody listens to it and does something, then that's on their parents or that's on them. They mm-hmm. goofy or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that uh, uh, I probably uh, at that time would have understated it. And when you started this subtopic of the Locks Dipset thing and the hip hop's hip hop's uh, effect on the psyche of the young hip hop fan. Mm-hmm. If Tupac was alive now, do you think in private he'd be like, yeah, see Dolores Tucker, she had a point. I won't say that shit, but like, if he would talk to his close friends and be like, yeah, you know, I ain't gonna lie to you, man. I got my kid, and I don't really want them listening to my old shit yet. The late brain is formed so that they don't, you know, they understand how you're supposed to be. I want them to go to school, yada, yada, yada. I think if Tupac was still alive, it'd be like more like what what I see the historical um, effect like his, of Muhammad Ali was where he was hated at a point in time and as he yeah. got older um, people looked at him in a whole different like fit you know what I'm saying like he was he was embraced by everybody the same people that would have threw rocks at him before um, I think Tupac yeah would have got older and looked back at his 90s persona like Yo, I was wilding a little bit you know what I mean and if you know yeah. what I mean like I, the, the, he, maybe he would have had the sit down interview like Kobe and Shaq had with Biggie you know what I'm saying and be like yo I was wilding on this end and da, da, da. I think he would have came into a lot of growth because that's what we're seeing from today's rappers right we're seeing a lot right. of like um, even Locks Dipset like there was um, a lot of tension right on that stage and it's like at a certain point in time even though those crews would have been at, if it would have been at like a festival or something like that and them crews talking to each other like that that could have got crazy but the fact that they was like ahead of time we gonna talk crazy to each other but it's not gonna be like SMID you know what I'm saying or anything like that yeah. it's not it's not gonna turn into nothing disrespectful like that and it's not gonna come to blows because we gotta teach them you can be competitive and treat this like a sport and not make it come to oh I gotta shoot you or stab you or da 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 so um it, it, it is that growth that we're seeing in hip hop and it's like like Jim Jones is making tons of money off of crypto like uh, Nas is making money off of investments like how silly would it be for them to get into a fist fight somewhere just as silly as it would have been for them Nas getting a fist fight with Tupac back in the day if you really think about how much money they were bringing in uh, through sales right. it, but but we didn't view it like that we now we view it like yo you, you're gonna mess up your, your chance of being a billionaire because of someone stepped on your sneakers that you could buy a uh, hundred million pairs of, <laughs> you know what right. I'm saying? So it's like you come to terms and you grow up and it, I look, it's funny. Like I, I like that. I, I didn't plan on having that as a subject, but looking at my own terms of growing up, like just everything, bro. I, I, like even how I approach social media, like I don't even approach it as trying to be cool. Cause I'd rather be honest. 
You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't need right, you. Right. I don't. I, why would I want to portray something like I got more money than I really have? Because that's going to attract something that thinks I have more money than I have. And I, I'm coming out to be a fraud. I want to. Yo, like, like if you look at my, my Instagram is what is it? It's me promoting my podcast, my radio show and chilling with my daughter. That's literally what I do. Like, I don't <laughs> I don't need to make it seem like I'm, I'm a living more or, or going out to, you know, gigs and stuff like that. So, um. It, it's it's like that's and I don't want to portray anything that's not that you know what I'm saying and, and on social media and in real life, um because yeah man that authenticity is kind of what coming into terms with ourselves um and, and you saw it with Jada Kiss right like I, I I learned something we we also it's another misconception hip hop taught us it's a young man sport right it's it's for the youth and to see Jada Kiss be have that level of intensity I don't know if you saw any of the parts where he was he was really going at it like he, he spitting like right. and talking about yo they're rapping over the song like they're literally lip syncing and then doing ad libs. You know what I'm saying over this song because they don't remember the words. Like I'm sitting here, throw the beat on. I'm, I'll spit this for you. This ain't Apple Music. This is a live. You know right. what I'm saying show. And but I, I learned and I knew this about Jada because I knew Jada Kiss love. I knew Jada Kiss love two things: weed and rap. <laughs> you know what I'm saying just because right. of that. Like I think you know he's he's hyped that Nas has a new album because gives him something new to bump to that he can relate to. Um, so to see him have that energy showed me, El, yo, there's no age limit on hip hop. I mean, I, and as a DJ, I never felt limited because you got, you got DJs 50-something, 60-something years old still rocking parties. So as a DJ, I never felt as limited as maybe we put these limitations on rappers. But to see someone, Jada Kiss's age, look like they looked in their 20s, in great shape, and still have that hunger just for the sport of rap, it like, it kind of reinstated my love in music for in, in a sense, bro. Yeah, uh, mm. I like r- the way rap is growing up. Even you know, it's it's, all, it's always a young man sport in the sense that uh, what's hip, teen uh, teenagers and and twenty year olds, early twenty year olds, they kind of drive what's you know what the cool thing is right now. But mm-hmm. there's still a huge space for the older cats, right? Like you see that longevity. I mean, look at Redman and, and Method Man. They look great. You mentioned mm-hmm. uh, Jada Kiss looks great. Styles P is big on health. Still rapping nice. Yeah. Yeah. And, and all the health shit and people, Young Jeezy losing weight, Rick Ross losing weight. Like, it, it's it's like a, a metaphor for the longevity of rap. Like, people just getting healthier. Uh, the rap styles are just, they making sure that they say versatile, or at least they're able to to perform with the intensity that they did when they were in their 20s. Mm-hmm. So and, it, and they're still releasing projects. Still, they're still coming out with projects, which is which is dope. Um, Locks and Dipset announced that they're actually going on a, a, a eight-city tour with State Property um, to come out of it. And to your point about the health, that's being done in the background of how many rappers died this year in their 50s? Shock G, DMX, Bismarck E. Crazy. Yeah, so it's Crazy. like Craig Mack. Um, no, sorry, Craig Mac. Um, Black Rob. I mean, I apologize. Craig Mac was a few years ago, but um, yeah. you know, what I'm saying like it, it, it uh, it, it's like yo, the, yeah, the, now is the time. Like we we promoted Hennessy and 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 smoking blunts, and that can't be a daily lifestyle. Maybe that's a, you know a couple Saturdays out the month. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But you can't be doing that on a Tuesday at four o'clock and thinking that you live in a, a healthy lifestyle because you're not. Um, yeah. Um, and and and. Uh, another thing that reinstated my love in music um, this week was uh, Lollapalooza was on um, over the weekend, and I was watching that, and I was like, "Yo, Tyler the Creator, I'm I am like an official new fan." Like, and it's funny, I'm like heard about him for years, I knew his stuff, but like his set was like, 
it, it, it was dope. If you if you have the opportunity, go to YouTube and type in Tyler the Creator, Lollapalooza 2021. It, it was a great performance, and it introduced me to um, his current album, which I which I was bumping. And that was actually the only piece of work that I heard from him. And I went back to it and listened to his catalog, and he has some some dope stuff out that's you know not just rap and not you know somebody's singing on some songs and he's doing a lot of experimental stuff. But it's it sounds dope in my opinion. Um. And even that, that's, that, that's that's as a fan shows my growth in hip hop because Tyler the Creator has some questionable lyrics. You know what I mean? Uh, I guess by questionable people say, oh, no, that that's a gay lyric or something like that. Um, and it's like at this point in my life, I don't really give a fuck. You know what I'm saying? Like I don't, you know what I mean? Like obviously, I don't want to hear nothing that's <laughs> you know overly. But then, I, but <clears throat> Eminem has some you lyrics. You wouldn't you wouldn't relate to it. Pretty yeah, but Eminem also had some lyrics I didn't want to hear and some skits. I was like, yo, this is kind of wild. What do you, you know what I mean? Like I wasn't into that. But it's also it didn't take away from the music. It still was like, oh, that, you know what I mean? Um, and the same thing with Tyler. And I also feel like Tyler does it for attention because he knows people are gonna be like. Oh, yo, is is he or is he not? Um, so, but but I also it's like it's great music. I don't really give a fuck. I don't I don't like that was a thing right when Wendy Williams back in the day was trying to out the gay rapper. Who was the gay rapper? It's like, like nigga, like Frank Ocean's a gay singer, and everyone his he's headlining Coachella in two thousand twenty three. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like it's no one cares. It's like it, it's not. I won't say no one cares because the segue I was leading this to was someone who comes across as if he cares a little bit. And that would be uh, your man, the baby. He is uh, fucking up all types of bags this year based off of just one call and response. And as a DJ, I've been in the clubs for these for these uh, moments when, you know, the DJ wants to shut the music down and, hey, put your hands in there if you got more than $50 in your pocket. You know what I'm saying? Put your hands in there if it's your birthday tonight. If you a Leo, if you a Virgo, you know what I'm saying? I've been in there for the moments and I've seen like how what, you know how great they could be to get crowd participation and people hyped up but they can also be very dangerous and i have seen some some go left i've seen people embarrass people in the middle of a party and i'm like yo that's grimy bro <laughs> you know what i'm saying like don't well, you pointing out this girl's outfit in front of the middle of a club like don't 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 walk home with me put it like that <laughs> don't, don't, don't hop into my car um but like you know what i'm saying so and and the baby had an unfortunate situation man he was that rolling loud and you know he had one of the moments where he was like yo i'm gonna i'm, I'm gonna do a little call and response i'm gonna do a little crowd participation i want to um i want to see exactly how much i can get people hyped up right now and you know he kind of made some wild comments uh so here we go i'm, just, I'm gonna repeat the comments that the baby said um on stage he said and, and you know these moments Keith he said if you didn't show up tonight with HIV AIDS or any of them deadly sexual transmitting diseases that'll make you die in two or three weeks put your cell phone light in the air he continued ladies if you put if your pussy smells like water put your cell phone light in the air fellas if you ain't if you oh fellas if you ain't suck a dick in the parking lot put your cell phone lights in the air keep it fucking real um and that that moment was, you know, captured and obviously went viral by repeating uh, all over the internet, and it caused backlash. Um, now, what I will say is, you know, like a, it, 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 a lot of people are taking something out of context, right? You got to culturally know what you're dealing with. Yeah. So, I've, I, I think we've also spoke to this. That we we were in college at a time when dancehall reggae music was very homophobic and it might still be i don't pay enough attention to it at this point in my life um i don't think it is <laughs> um but it, at this point in time when songs were literally the like the entire club is singing songs about burning gay people and and causing harm to gay people i don't even think we really in that moment stopped and like took a grasp of what it is we're saying right 
Cause uh, hell and, no, <laughs> yo, biblical torture to 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 uh, a gay person, like yo, <laughs> yeah, it, it 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 was crazy. But to your point, oh, uh, you know, I think this episode could be titled "Growth," <laughs> like because uh, I didn't blink an eye. No, we didn't. Like, and then- it's, it's not. It's not just like fading a gay person. Like, oh, well, you just can't hang out with me. It's like, no, I got to torture him and burn them and then talk about them. And then, oh, man, it's, and, it's pretty crazy. And possibly why we didn't view that because the music that came out when we when we were kids, we grew up in a, a very West Indian Caribbean neighborhood. So we heard, uh, you know, music like that. And, 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 you know, like, boom, bye, bye, and a bati, but you know what I'm saying? Like that, we we sang that as like, like it was fucking like nursery rhymes. Because <laughs> like, yeah. it was just so catchy and we heard it so much as youth. And it's like, no, you're like, like you, that's, I don't even feel comfortable saying that in 2021. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So it's like, it, 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 so, so I say all that to say, um, there are cultural things that are, there are cultural um, what's the word I want? Unfairness that goes on in communities, right? In the African American community, so to speak, uh, homophobia w- was not always frowned upon. You know what I'm saying? In some places, it's it's encouraged. You know what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. that's and, and that's and, and the same thing for certain Caucasian communities, for certain Asian communities, for certain Latino communities. Um, people aren't always going to be accepting to these things, especially because to us they're they're new, they're they're different. Um, but what comes from it is like just because maybe ten years ago you were able to make a certain type of joke or have these comments and there'll be no backlash, nobody batting an eye at you, doesn't mean things can't change, right? And that type of stuff can't fly. We can't just be like, oh, well, he's from a certain neighborhood, so that's cool. Because if that was towards some, a group that I identified with, I'm gonna be like, yo, no, what? Is, so I don't give a fuck. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's, you, right is right, wrong is wrong. So just because I don't necessarily identify with that group doesn't mean I can't speak out about it. So for what Baby was saying, he was speaking of to a very, I guess, homophobic group of the crowd that he you knows is gonna be like, yeah, yeah, I, I, fuck anyone who's sucking a dick in the parking lot. You know what I'm saying? And and. Why he chose to go against HIV AIDS in 2021 seems really weird to me, but also culturally that was something that was frowned upon in many communities back in the day as well, right? Um, that's and then yo, and reading the comments though, that was very interesting. It's 2021, and that uh, just the 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 way of thinking about HIV AIDS is that there was very 1990, 1995, but... He was also born in 1991, I, so, you know what I mean? Keep, in, keep that in mind. Like, that was... Yeah, <laughs> cult- but he wasn't old enough to, to to really appreciate, like, the cultural significance. I mean, he's not that far, you know, he's he's pretty... He's 30, so, so being that he's a new rapper, he's kind of, not old, but, like, he's probably a bit more mature than some others, so he, mm-hmm. he's aware of it. But I, that might be an illustration of just how, like, in the culture that was HIV AIDS and part of it was a prevention tactic like to make it a monster so that uh, and literally calling it the monster so that people are very um cognizant of of not catching it exactly exactly yeah because you want to you kind of like you want to shame people to it you know what I mean they even they right. termed it a, a gay disease so it's like when a um heterosexual man like Mal like um, Magic Johnson got it you know, he had to deal with like homosexuality rumors more. You know what I'm saying? Like he's literally fighting for his life with a life threatening illness, but he has to like think about what the view of like, should I even announce this? Because people view this as 
a gay thing. You know what I mean? And that's where the baby's comments came, felt like it came from, like that era. You know what I'm saying? And um, if if you want to know how people, I'll tell you what's the perfect, uh, like, it's almost like a time capsule. Like, if you want to read about the mindset of people, uh, that people, like straight people, straight black people had towards HIV AIDS. Um, Eddie Murphy's, I think it was, I can't remember if it was Delirious or Raw, mm-hmm. but he had the, the whole set about um, pretty much pretty much saying that HIV and AIDS is a, is a gay disease mm-hmm. and that you go to the doctor and the doctor's like, oh, well, you, you know, you're HIV positive. And, you, and you're, you, the patient, are like, yeah, well, yeah, I'm not, but I'm not gay. And the doctor's like, yeah, sure you're not gay. Mm-hmm. Like that joint? Like that's like very emblematic of how people felt about it. And that was in the eighties. And I remember that carrying that into like the, the mid, the, like the mid nineties. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, 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 it was, it, it obviously, you know, uh, retrospect is, is 2020, but it's just like, you look back on it and you're like, damn, we, we, some, some wild things would be inside, but it was also a different time. You know what I mean? Like, same thing went for black people. Like there was a different era when black people couldn't do what we were doing when we were the other, you know what I'm saying? And people yeah. watched it on TV and it was like, damn, that's going on out there. You know, change the channel. You know what I'm saying? But times have changed and things aren't acceptable no more. And the baby, he, from that point on, would continue to be canceled from festivals to just people coming out in general. Elton John came out and spoke out about him. Um, Day in Vegas lineup canceled him. Uh, Governor's Ball in New York City canceled him from uh, their lineup. Um, Boohoo Man in, I think, the UK canceled him um, because of his homophobic and uh, anti-HIV comments. Um, the the Questlove had a music of, uh, had a hypothetical uh, track list of people he'd want to see perform and had the baby on it originally and crossed his name out. Um, once, like I said before, Elton John uh, dropped a series of comments about him. Even Chris Brown <laughs> decided to drop a series of, like, uh, Instagram stories just basically saying shut the F up do your shows thank everybody and then get the F off the stage um, damn when, when Chris Brown's he, talking I, out I'm about to say that was the wake up call I'm like damn Chris Brown and then even OJ can, nah I fuck with you not OJ but what if OJ came he had to that's why he had to say something before OJ said something because if OJ come out then it's like damn bro and the baby, the baby has dropped a series of apologies, but this was just done terribly. This was like when you make your kid go back to school the next day and apologize to the kid he beat up or <laughs> stole something from, and it's just so begrudging. Like he literally came out and said, "I will, I want to apologize to the HIV/AIDS community, but I wasn't really saying anything bad about gay people, pretty much." And then goes to like say, "We had a gay dude in the front row that was rocking out with us." Actually, I'll see if I can read the quote here. Um, <laughs> he said. Uh, regardless of what you motherfuckers are talking about how the internet twisted up my motherfucking words me and all my fans at the show the gay ones and the straight ones we turned the fuck up I'm talking about my boy that was at the front of the stage left when I jumped ask him he got clips all on his shit the whole night we was recording we returned the whole night um what else do you say he's like uh, my boy had the crop top on in the front row he out there in that jungle in that water he out there he's standing on the rail uh, cutting up he knows the words of the song I'm rapping them bitches with him so it's like he, he was like, I think he he focused more on that wasn't my intention to make an anti-gay comment. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I think even in his mind, he's saying if, I think in his mind, saying like, uh, if you were sucking dick in the parking lot, like, whether you're gay or straight, like, that that's not what you were doing in the parking lot, so that's going to get something to make you make noise, you know what I'm saying? Um, not realizing how, 
homophobic that comment is. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. So it kind of, and then misogynist of the stuff he said about women, which actually no one really got upset about, um, but saying if your pussy smell like water and shit like that. But um, yeah, he 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 was canceled, but it breaks up a debate like. People will say wild shit all the time. You know what I'm saying? Eminem has said wild shit to bring him back up again. Um, so it's like a lot of people are doing things and I'm like, are we just now piling on on the baby? Is he just the latest one that everyone wants to pick on? Um, and I think the fact that his apology was done and he's he's dropped several apologies since then trying to get it right. And I think he's just he eventually got fed up and just was like, I'm not doing this no more. Um the fact that his apology seemed like I, I, I'm i doing this because I have to. I'm doing this not to fuck my money up and make people be like, no, nah, I'm not fucking with you because I don't have to. You know what I'm saying? Or, yeah. and, and and from what I understand from Lollapalooza, he was supposed to make a video apology and he he just didn't. And they canceled him at the last minute. Um, It it it, it goes to show you like sometimes you just got to take the L in life. And and, and other people, the people have been on both sides of it. Boosie has gotten himself in trouble making comments. Somehow Little Nas X keeps getting pulled into this. <laughs> and people are just like, I, I, I can't tell people how to feel. You know what I'm saying? But I know what you will get in trouble for. <laughs> and you got to know what you're saying in the public sphere. Yeah, so there's a couple things. So the first thing, you, you mentioned uh, Andrew Cuomo, the governor of New York, mm-hmm. and his, I'll call it drama, so the apology thing is interesting. So I don't believe he apologized, but he put out a weird video, and it reminds me of the, that apology you just put out for the baby. <laughs> Basically, he, he he it was like his like a, a pre-recorded video with a statement, pretty much putting it out there that like, nah, man, I don't be you know, and all right, I be touching some people, but like you know how I do. That's what and it was I a do. video of him just touching a bunch of people. So like the. The baby's apologies, like, yeah, uh, I'm not homophobic. There was just a dude in the in the front with a crop top. You know what time it is, and he was rocking out with me, and da da da. And so it was just a weird, that that was a a weird apology. If you're trying to get people on your side, sometimes you just gotta come out clean and not yeah. try to, you know, yeah, even dudes I suspect to be gay was rocking with me, whatever. So there, you gotta have your hat in your hand. That. You know the humbleness when you apologize. Yeah, exactly. And then you mentioned Eminem. And when you said mention Eminem, I think of Eminem in the same space or a similar space as Dave Chappelle. Mm-hmm. Like they've firmly put themselves in the listen. I'm not. You're not going to cancel me. I'm going to say whatever the fuck I want. Mm-hmm. Like they don't have. They're not tied to um or just like sponsorships or corporate interests or whatever. Like they're they just make their bread doing doing their art. Whereas the baby, he he has all these bags that he's tied to that. And also Eminem and, and and Dave Chappelle before before they put themselves in in that lane, they were pretty big. They were extremely successful. That, yeah, exactly. They were extremely successful, and, that, and that's that's more the case with Dave Chappelle than it is Eminem because mm-hmm. Eminem just never left that lane. But he said, you know what, I'm gonna stay in this lane and just get big doing it, and that's what he did. Mm-hmm. But then again, he got big in the 2000s, so. True. That makes it a little bit easier. But Dave Chappelle came back and said, I don't give a fuck. And so he, he talked, to, he had all his sets, not all his sets, but like his last few stand-ups had some pretty, um, what do you say, some pretty edgy stuff mm-hmm. with regards to the, the LGBTQ plus community. And and that's where it comes in as art, right? Is it art or is it opinion, right? Like how can, where, where can we separate it? Like can... Can uh, Matt Damon be in a movie where he uses the the F word slur, right? And that not bleed into his regular life. But the baby, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? The, ba- the baby is a, a 
that's not his name. You know, when he's at home being being himself, he's not the baby. But when he's the baby on stage, is he playing a persona? And you know what I'm saying? Now that that is everything done in that persona tied to him and his his financial interest. You know what I mean? So um, it's 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 an unfair thing that I think um, as artists, you know, like if I was a painter, I can paint pictures of the most violent. Or, or or misogyny, whatever you know. What I mean, any opinion that I want and call it art, but it's like as a as a musician now, I'm I'm losing out on sponsorships for doing part of what is considered in my community part of my stage show. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So um, you got to be careful. You got to be careful because you definitely yeah. can't be canceled. Um, we're running out of time here, Keith. So I just want to run through a quick rapid fire of my favorite segment. Man, have you? heard i bring things to the table that i hear and i asked my man keith you know has he heard these particular headlines uh first up keith uh what's it called um the hbcu clark atlanta they surprised their students by canceling two million dollars in debt have you heard i did not hear that that's interesting i have not heard that where they get all that money (laughs) i remember uh a couple years at the Morehouse graduation, some, uh, I don't know if the homie was a billionaire, but he's like some kind of, he's a black dude and he spoke at the graduation. He's like some kind of finance, hedge mm-hmm. fund type dude. Yeah, I believe he's and, a billionaire. Um, yeah, he's a billionaire. Yeah, mm-hmm. so he he puts some amount of money towards like student loans of that graduating class. Like I don't know if he canceled it or significantly cut it down, but, you know, that that's dope to hear because that right there, it's just finances with regard to college, it 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 banged up a lot of um, black students, so that's that's awesome to hear. Yep. And in regard to your uh, question of where they get that money from, um, the president, Dr. George, Georgia French, said that they're using money from the CARES Act, High Education Emergency Relief Fund, to flip the bill. Um, nice. Yep. And in an era where people are suing, students are suing their um, institutions for feeling that they were overcharged uh, for tuition during the pandemic. It's dope to see that um, they are giving back to students who are uh, affected by the uh, pandemic. Our students, um, like students all around the world, were adversely affected financially, mental health, and all sorts of issues. And what we wanted to do was find a way to help them. Um, yeah, so they, they, according to Clark Atlanta officials, around 900 students had $2 million in debt canceled immediately. Um, every student... Uh, balance from spring 2020 through this summer semester will be debt free. Um, that is amazing. Uh, shout out to Clark Atlanta. Shout out to all the HBCUs out there. Keith, uh, this next have you heard is isn't necessarily a new one. I think uh, you know, like early July, I'd heard about this, but I don't think we spoke about it last episode. And you know, we've we've gone a few episodes. You know, had some some life changing events happen. So, have you heard? Juvenile turned his anthem "Back That Ass Up" into a vaccine anthem called "Vax That Thing Up." <laughs> and it features uh Manny Fresh and Mia X. Yo, I I actually did hear a little bit of it. <laughs> and I I'll say this, we need more Manny Fresh, man. That dude like You've always been a I, fan. I, I, you always been a fan of Manny though. <laughs> yeah, but that's true. Yo, just man anything Manny Fresh is on, man, the shit just sound better like he's like he reminds me of Puff before Puff started yelling, like just straight yelling, not like like there came a point where he Puff would just yeah, I told y'all motherfuckers, <laughs> and he just went crazy. This dude just got got rabies, but Manny Freshman, that dude voice, his ad libs, man, and then what with Jeezy? Oh, man, that right there, that, that, that shit never comes yeah. off my my uh, my weekly rotation. But yeah, man, but but let's get back to Juvenile. That's a dope little. I mean, listen, people are trying every way to get the little um, corners of society where people 
for one reason or the other, aren't able to or aren't choosing to get vaccines. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, this is just another attempt. Some attempts have been weird, but this attempt, I, I think it was a good attempt. Um, And it's funny, it's the first time in historically... I got to double check these facts, but according to Rolling Stone, the song marks the first time Cash Money and No Limit have officially collaborated on a project. That's interesting. (laughs) That is interesting. Um, But so so your view on it is you don't uh, you think it's cool to like enlist artists like Juvenile in this instance or an Olivia Rodrigo that's more so spoke to speak to the younger um, fans of pop music. You think it's cool to use them to push um I guess this va- this vaccine uh, push that that the government's pushing. Uh, you said pushing it. it. Sounds like like you don't like the uh, the radical left's agenda. Uh, <laughs> now, nah, fuck with you. <laughs> uh, yes, I mean it's an attempt, man. Like, listen, it is desperate times for at least for, from the politicians' perspective, regardless of how you feel about the vaccine. The fact is, is that the government, the federal government, wants you to get it and a lot of local governments uh you know I, I don't know the facts on it but i'm not fact checking shit i will venture to say that most governments local state uh whatever in this country in america wants you to get the vaccine like they very much wants you to get the vaccine so um you know this attempt like is they giving it their best shot it reminds me of diddy and and rock, the whole rock the vote thing in 2004, mm. 2003, 2004 is kind of goofy, right? Mm-hmm. But can you remember it being goofy? Like in hindsight, it was, it's kind of campy and kind of, you know. It was cheesy, my introduction. It was my introduction to politics, to be honest with you. Yeah, that was my I didn't first know year, the, I just went because I was like, rock the vote? I got to, I just want, I went because I was curious if they would have, be handing out t-shirts at the polls. <laughs> <'Cause> like, <laughs> them shirts are popular. Them shirts, is, them shirts is popping that year. I remember what you were talking about. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, so I I think even if it, let's say, it reaches whatever number of young people and they just hit like 5%, only 5% go out and and get the vaccine due to this campaign, that ain't bad. It ain't great, but it definitely ain't bad. On some hip-hop shit, I wish they would have made a new song as opposed to taking a classic, like, back that ass up because it kind of reminds me of those State Farm commercials where they're, like, remix a song. (laughs) <laughs> to like yeah. talk about insurance or whatever yeah it kind of reminds me of that but but shout out to juvenile like we said shout out to these rappers over 40 years old still making money in 2021 <laughs> oh hell yeah man growth yeah definitely <laughs> growth man you, you i sent you that video of snoop dogg it's just like a um like a mashup of all the different i guess you could call it unique things unique opportunities is involving himself with mm-hmm. martha stewart has some vietnamese rap songs some uh Indian rap songs and pop songs, uh, just all these things he's involved with. So NFTs, that type of growth is yeah, in, everything. And uh, yep, yep, that all that shit is uh, very dope to to see in, in one of our in one of the the, the legends of of our generation and continues to be a, uh, a legend. All right, up, um, Keith. Internationally. Have, Keith, have you heard? It's a double headline. Um, the Kansas City Chiefs um, have removed their offensive mascot, but have no plans to change names as well as uh, the Washington football team bans Native American headdresses and face paint at home games. I have not heard that. Okay. Progress. How's that going to work on the road games? Like, you're not going to let your home fans do it, but then if they're, like, in New York and the Meadowlands or whatever, or MetLife Stadium is not going to stop people from wearing headdress. 
Like, is the whole NFL going to get down with that? Well, I mean, if if you had MetLife Stadium and then some there's a Chiefs fan or or, or, a, or, Washington or a Washington football fan, yeah. then I, I think the fans will take care of that one. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, no, that's um, the war paint is the the mascot that the Chiefs have. That's it's, it's a horse, and um, the horse like runs on the field when they score. Um, they're like, yeah, we're not doing that no more. <laughs> That's interesting. I wonder what they're going to do. I'd imagine they're going to find something to fill his place. I mean, the word chief, they could kind of mold it a little bit. They won't. They're, they're refusing to change the name Chiefs because they feel like it's not offensive. The Braves, I don't believe, are changing their name also. Um, we announced on an early episode the Cleveland Indians are changing their name. Um, and obviously the, the Redskins, which was the worst of them all, um, have changed their name. Um, yeah. But now the Chiefs are holding pack. But they're like, hey, we'll give you this. <laughs> we'll get rid of the horse you know what I mean like all y'all people who you know claim to be anorak now we gotta kill the horse <laughs> uh, Keith have you heard Google are, is shutting down sugar daddy apps um which I didn't know was a thing. I, I didn't know there were certain apps that you could just set up, which makes it, but it's, it's 2021. It's dating is done on the internet a lot um, in large percentile. percentile. Um, so it would make sense that people are finding their sugar daddy mates or, or sugar babies um, on online. But Google's like, nah, we're not with this. It's a little too close to prostitution. Well, first, uh, thank you for defining what's a sugar daddy app. Uh, I did not I did not hear what, what the fuck a sugar daddy app was and I did not hear that Google shutting it down so two things that I learned out of that one have you heard that is wild shit and it kind of makes sense because everyone is making these a niche everything is a niche now just because the internet we can we, it just can be done I heard of a delivery a food delivery app that just specializes in like delivering hometown treats from across the country like if you have your favorite pizza from new york they could freeze it or preserve it and send it to you in san diego Mm. it's mostly for rich people who've probably transplanted from one part of the country to the other so it i guess it fits that all right there's dating there's jewish dating there's christian dating there's black there's uh black dating farm dating uh, i don't even know that that was a thing (laughs) (laughs) there's lgbtq dating uh, so now they took it to the to the next level and said, "All right, sugar daddies." Because that's a real. When you think about dating in real life, that's what they're trying to recreate on on the um, internet digitally. So some people do date for sugar daddies or sugar mamas. I think it's discriminatory though, because you're insinuating that, I, from what I understand, a lot of sugar daddy relationships don't even involve sex. They involve just keeping company. However, you know, you you are being paid for your time, I guess, so to speak, or compensated for your time is a better way to put it. But um, it doesn't necessarily correlate it with prostitution, I think, is discriminatory against a niche dating market in our in our society. Yeah. But to be fair, though, when it comes to the Internet, the Internet is known for line stepping. So, yeah, the the intent is probably good, however you want to name it, but it's not. At the, at the least, it's not nefarious, right? It's just like, oh, well, I need money, and this person's willing to la- lavish me for company. my company. Yeah. So, you know, it's a little make this happen. Like, I'm down ideally, for ships like that. I- ideally, but now that ideally. I'm thinking about it, yeah, in the sex industry, there's probably a pimp out there trying to run his own sugar daddy app, and he's literally, he's just, he's marketing his 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 workers 
to go, you know what I mean? So I, I could see that being like under the guise of a sugar daddy app, he's literally just selling prostitutes to older dudes. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, I can see, the, the, I can see that the, also. The, the, whoever, like some of the creators, I'm sure, like they had truly pure intentions. Like I got a sugar mama, or I've enjoyed sugar mamas, or I know sugar mamas who want company. Mm-hmm. So, all right, let me let me connect these people because like they're missing out on stuff, especially during you know during COVID, like where they usually went to meet people. They weren't so like, and they not they're not into. They don't want to get married and all like that. They just want a a sugar mama or a sugar mama or a sugar daddy wants a, a companion. Mm-hmm. But look at Craigslist. When I first heard of Craigslist, it was a cool, you know, interesting place to find jobs, like random jobs or um, buy used stuff. I got my like washer, Craigslist. my washer and dryer off of Craigslist. <laughs> yeah, man. But you can also you can get a washer dryer and some ass on Craigslist, <laughs> and that's not the original intention. This dude Craig just let that shit happen. He's an animal. <laughs> oh man, Keith, have you heard? Rolling Stone wanted to drop a list of best music videos of all time um thriller is not number one so to me already this list is null and void <laughs> um i'll give you some of the top 10 though uh michael jackson's billy jean is number 10 um guns and roses november rain is number nine uh eight is sledgehammer by peter Gabriel. seven is d'angelo how do you feel untitled or how does okay. it feel um number six is beastie boy sabotage Number five is New Order, The Perfect Kiss. Um, number four is Childish Gambino, This Is America, which I think is a great video. Um, number three is Madonna Vogue, which is historically, you know, very uh, iconic. Um, Johnny Cash Hurt comes in at number two. And Beyonce's Formation is number one. Like, now, my issue with that is Single Ladies was like number 13. I remember Single Ladies a lot more. I don't even really remember Formation like that. So how, that to me, culturally, is how does single ladies get that and formation gets number one how is thriller not number one and oh like like billy jean above thriller <laughs> like I'm, uh, I'm like i'm it's a head scratcher man like i think that's two of them that they could have if you're gonna make beyonce number one make it single ladies i, I would assume <laughs> when it comes to cultural stuff because you know we're in the age of any most articles that you'd read is some top something top 10 top 5 top 50 mm-hmm I think at the uh, I, nowadays I like to read about who the writer is or the writers are because mm, okay. uh, it, it depends so much on that. A lot of that shit you read, chances are whoever wrote that was somewhere, you know, might be younger than 30 years old writing about 40 year old videos. videos. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. yeah I didn't even think it, about that. <laughs> like uh, it's, it's, I, I I don't I used to take the the article seriously, but I still read them. But more, it's more like fun. Like, uh, uh, let me read another. Let me read a, another list of top videos or another list of top whatever. You know what I'm saying? So I, I take those with a grain of salt. And you're you're allowed to have your opinion, and you know I'm allowed to disagree with it. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, definitely. Keith Rihanna, have you heard? Rihanna is now officially a billionaire, worth 1.7 billion at 33 years old. How could I not have heard that? Shout out to Rihanna. And I know a lot of people, every time you see her comments, uh, uh, whenever she posts something, when are you going to drop an album? Man, I think she want to drop an album. Like, think about if this were real working. Like, uh, being an artist, like a pop artist, that shit is hard work. That's like, some people are meant to work on the on the factory floor. 
and some people are meant to work in the office, like mm-hmm. in the in the uh, the upper the upper office or whatever. The corporate, the corporate level. She, corporate, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think she might just have corporate aspirations and not want, probably might not enjoy the grind of the day to day artistry, recording sessions. And I don't know if she's recording or not. Has she even done features? I'm not sure. Um, hmm. I'm trying to think. When's the last time I heard of Rihanna? I think I heard recently she's on. She was on something. I, I can't remember what it was. Um, but to me, right, as an artist, don't you now have that freedom to now focus on your art, right? Don't you now have yeah. that like? So as I look at it, like in the terms of Conor McGregor, when Conor McGregor was a regular UFC fighter, he had to do all the press and and the stuff that so called like ruined Ronda Rousey, right? That was just took yeah. her away from fighting and training. Um, but now as like a billionaire artist, where as a Kanye or a Jay Z or a Rihanna, it's like I'm I don't have to go do twenty radio stations. Like, <laughs> you know, what I'm saying first of all, I might just do it all by Zoom. You know what I mean? Because I can. Um, like I, if you they want the interview with me that bad, and it's like it's more so like I'm not gonna go put myself on a crazy press tour. I'm not gonna do anything like that. But now I could literally focus on dropping great music. You know what I mean? I could fly people in to come talk to me. Like I'm not going to your right. radio station. Come see me. You know what I'm saying? So it's like I feel like now you have that you have a buffer uh, that gives you certain uh, a leeway as an artist that you don't have to do the stuff you did as a new artist. So that grind could now be focused more on artwork as opposed to the literally hitting the streets, right? Um, but it's also like, is the inspiration even there when you don't need to drop a dope album to maintain your lifestyle? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> Jay-Z, but Jay-Z and Kanye were artists long before they started with like a lot of their, a lot of the stuff that made them into billionaires. I mean, clearly the music helped, but it's like, mm-hmm. You know, Kanye was an artist for a while before Yeezy came along. The the the, the shoes came along, and mm-hmm. Jay Z was a, was an artist for a while. I mean, before his billionaireish type stuff came, I guess you could argue when he sold stuff like Rockaware and, mm-hmm. and whatever. I mean, that, that that it wasn't that long, but he had a good like career. He these, had a, he had a catalog before he sold Rockaware. You know what I mean? A good yeah, catalog. exactly. Yeah, exactly. And you know, Rihanna probably hit her was right right about at her peak when she she really got into her business ventures but it's kind of like who knows how much she just liked writing songs i don't know i can't you know clearly i can't say but it's like her before she she left a lot of her stuff was like radio hits so could it be she was just trying to cash out and be like yo i want to be a business person uh full time like let me just cash out with the what's the song with the lonely place or the the shit that they play all the time. What, Rihanna you talking about? Yeah, Rihanna. And it's over like one of them Calvin Harris type beats. Oh, oh, um, uh, we fell in love. Uh, we found love. We found love. Yeah, we found yeah. that joint. Mm-hmm. Yo, that joint still spin as if it was dropped yesterday. Like, it spins, bro. Mm-hmm. Word up. So, I mean, if, if you're not into the grind of being a touring artist, yo, being a business person where you could work from almost anywhere... Right, you you still work hard, but you could play hard and work from anywhere, and you, and you're not judged if you slip. You know what I'm saying? If you walk in on the way to your office and you slip, but you do it on a stage, it's going viral, right? If you miss a note, exactly. it's going viral. Now you you can you can be an asshole to your entire staff and doesn't necessarily hit the press. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, so man. it's like it's a different type of way to yeah, it's, it's hard and and you see it. Dr. Dre hasn't dropped anything since he hit big money. You know what I mean? He's all I mean he's going through a divorce also, but it's like. Um, but he, I hear he might, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, it, I guess if, it depends if your love of music how, how outweighs your, you know, you don't need it for income. And, you know what I mean? So it's like, are you are you willing to go on that grind? But I think, you know what I mean? Like, it, 
the fact that you don't need it, I think it, it, you don't feel like, oh, I have to rush. Like, look at what Kanye's doing. He keeps pushing his album back to t- tweak it. You know what I mean? That wasn't a freedom he had as a regular artist on Def Jam. You know what I'm saying? Right. They, they were like, nah, we, we have marketing built around this. We have dates built around this. We have interviews built around this. Like, you're dropping that day, so we need that submitted. Now, as a boss, he's like, nah, you know what? I want to find tweak that. I want to do it. I mean, we might never get the album, <laughs> but it's just like he has that choice. He doesn't need it for income. Yeah, yeah um, pretty much. Before we get out of here, Keith, um, we didn't really have a chance to talk about it. Um, but I wanted to ask you, how do you feel about Simone Biles' stance on um wanting to withdraw from the Olympics because not mentally being here? And and, and we're lucky because we didn't talk about this when it actually happened. And now as time has gone on, um, we've learned that she's lost an aunt during that time. She was experiencing something known as the twisties where she did not know whether her orientation was while you know, doing flips and doing um somersaults. So she didn't know whether she was upside down or right side up, things like that. And that's referred to as a twisty. So she didn't feel comfortable competing. Um, How do you feel about her prioritizing mental health over, you know, the need for glory and, and amid taking a lot of, a little bit of backlash from people that were like, Oh, disappointed in her. It's tough being that great, man. Like she's the greatest in the world. And she's been that way for quite a long time, at least in, in, in in gymnast years like she's been on top for a long time and people are looking at her to be the greatest like she does she does shit that no one can do like she's done it in competition she's done i think there's a move that she did that they don't even give you extra points for it because it's so dangerous they don't encourage people doing it Mm. so but she did that shit in competition that like no one does like just she just loved being great but after a year like COVID and then, you know, finally her aunt died, I think it's just being human, man. I think I like to look at some of these stars as like humans, like making decisions, some rich ass decisions that I might make in the, or I have made in similar situations. So like, you know, I just mentioned Rihanna might not like the day to day grind. She might not like the the you know the daily type writing and all that shit that comes with artistry she likes other types of hard work and i don't know again but so like simone biles that's an immense amount of stress like shit like that would make my performance at work dip like crazy but i would hope that i would find ways to hide it she can't find ways to hide it because you can't hide it when you mid-air going upside down many times and flipping on all around and doing it in front of the whole world. So that's, it, you know, shit. She, she, she probably just needed that, that little mental break. Mm-hmm. And she still, and she still got a medal. She did. Yep. She won bronze. Um, and uh, I believe balance beam, right? Or, uh, yeah. later in the week, she returned to competition. Um, I never belittled anyone's mental health issues. Like I'm like, if someone saying they going through something mentally, it's, I can do knee pain. I can do back pain. I can do elbow pain. Not, not obviously not in extreme forms, but you know what I'm saying? I can, I can deal with that and kind of like figure my way around it. But when your head's fucked up, bro, it's like, it, it's it's hard. It's difficult. Um, And I went through a pretty mentally uh, stressful month myself last month. So I can relate with a Simone Biles where it, it didn't affect my work performance. I was able to show up to work. But you know what I'm saying? It definitely caused a level of stress that had to be, used the term, hide it, right? Um, and it's like that that might be deemed as unhealthy trying to hide it. Um, but it's like uh, it, it, I look at Jalen Rose, who I, I recently learned that he lost about like three important people in his life in the past year. And it's like because you see them every day on Jalen and Jacoby and he's able to perform and be funny. You don't realize, you know, he lost his mom and, you know, and, and how hard and difficult that could be to deal with. So, um, 
I, I I think, you know, it is good to be professional and it is good to show up for your obligations, but it also is like you're, we're human beings and sometimes we don't have to push ourselves that extra limit if we are going through some stuff, you know what I mean? And for Simone Biles to have the courage and be like, because people be like, oh, you worked your whole life and now for this moment, you're now you're going to you're going to give it up in, in this moment. It's like, one, you, you just said she's done so much great shit. I'm sure this moment ain't, you know what I mean? She's won Olympic gold. She's won before, so it's not like she's never done it before. Um, And if she doesn't feel confident and, and something's going on, she should listen to her body <laughs> and, her, you know what I mean, her, her emotions. So I, I commend her for doing it. And, and Naomi Osaka as well uh, for putting... um mental health first because it is um it is important and 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 like i said going through something myself in the past month realizing like damn it it it, sometimes things could just get out of control and spiral and you definitely want to have uh, you know i was very blessed to have a a support group and uh resources that i can turn to as, as such as therapy um but not everybody does and um so i say that to you know check up on your friends look at people's health and, and sometimes ask people what they're going through because you never know you know what i mean so yeah definitely uh, Keith, that's another episode in the books, man. Always a pleasure doing a show with you, brother. Uh, where can people find you at on social media? Instagram, me my underscore 35. Excellent. You can find DJ Playboy on Instagram at Plickapeezy, P-L-I-C-C-A-P-E-E-Z-Y. You can also find Perfect Talk Podcast on Instagram at Perfect Talk Radio. Um, we have a website as well, www.perfecttalkpodcast.com. For every episode of the Perfect Talk Podcast, my radio show is a night shift, and the radio show I do with my brother, DJ Show, Money Talks Radio. Every episode of the Perfect Talk Podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, uh, SoundCloud, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, um, Spotify, and wherever you know your local podcasts are found. Please leave a rating and a review, because the algorithm loves that type of thing, and so do we. Uh, Keith, what are you watching nowadays on television? television brother not the olympics apparently (laughs) (laughs) french baby cartoons i've been i've been watching uh i've been watching french baby cartoons and that's what you're showing little man that's what you're showing your kid yep showing little showing little man for french baby cartoons they fascinating why french french uh i think i'm fascinated by french and i think uh yeah i think i'm i'm I'm, uh i have a fascination with french-speaking uh or I guess they call it francophone, francophone Africa. Mm-hmm. You know, whether it's Senegal or Morocco or, you know, just a ton of other places that the French colonized at mm-hmm. a point. You grew up around a lot of Haitians too, so that maybe Yeah, well, <laughs> you know that, mean? that could be part of it too. Mm-hmm. There's a component uh, component of uh, French in, in Haiti. So, yeah, I, I think I, I just have a fascination for it. And, and they're kind of fun too. I, yeah, I, I watched this joint. It's translated. It's called Little Brown Bear. Mm-hmm. And it's like seven-minute episodes. And the joint is, there's not, they don't tell the story in the sense of, oh, here goes a problem. And uh, this is the climax of the problem, but then it gets solved. Or, get, or somebody solves it for um, Little Brown Bear. It's more so like, oh, here goes this this uh, situation. Here goes a problem. And then this kid just lives with the problem. And then it ends. Like, it's, it's pretty fascinating. Mm-hmm. No, that's 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 a, a part. I know you've been to France a few times, also, right? Or, or at least once. I've right? been to France twice. Yeah, twice. Okay, nice. Yeah, no, that's that's cool. I, I've you know I kind of knew you always had like you like you like France and and stuff like that, but I never that that it was actual like like you said a fascination. Um, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I, I would just call it a fascination, man. I I've been uh, studying French on Duolingo for like let me see, this is two probably like for three or four years. Mm. And that's good. Yeah. And, uh, you have you have a, a, a some sort of grasp of, on the uh, the language. Yeah, 
terrible grass, but you know, <laughs> I, I think I, I, I got frustrated that I couldn't speak it or understand a lot of it, but I understand a lot more than I did when I first started. So That's I think cool. more is just probably a hobby, and I have to embrace it as a hobby more than oh, I'm gonna walk into like some kind of baguette shop and just start flipping the French on them. Mm-hmm. Like I, I did French in high school, and now when I do Duolingo, I do Spanish, just because as an adult I want to test my brain to try to learn new languages and just new like, like new concepts and everything. So constantly in education, but that's um that's dope and it's funny you you kind of made me remember like when you have a kid, your TV watching habits do change up. Um, I I I talked to uh, uh Amy who's a, who's a, a mom and she has a a kid. Shout out Amy. Um, and she's like talking about how she doesn't watch her type of programming during the hours that the kid's up. And I, I was like, I remember that because I was trying to like watch Power and I'm like, I don't feel comfortable. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, <laughs> watching this with my kid around. So it's like, um, no, nah, it, definitely, it definitely switches up your, your TV watching habits and you find yourself watching more stuff of that, of that nature, of the childish nature. Yeah, and I, I try not to um, use my phone around him and stuff like that because I don't want him to get wired into... Staring at a screen. You know, it's going to happen. It's going to yeah. happen. But... I, I'm trying to push that off as long as I can. That's dope, man. Congratulations once again. I'm happy for you, brother. And uh, always a dope episode, man. Say goodbye to the people, man. Peace. Peace. <laughs>